Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today's topic is the power of mentors. And I'm speaking with Danielle Pierce of Real Estate Profit Lab. As a 13-year full-time real estate entrepreneur, she wholeheartedly agrees that mentorship and thoughtful networking caused a massive shift in her business. In this episode, we'll discuss how to become a better mentee, how to become a better mentor, the importance of trust and mentoring relationships, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for being here, Danielle. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. And I'd love to jump right in. You mentioned as far as with mentoring and collaboration that your life and your arc of your business life changed when you moved from a one-woman silo to a more collaborative environments. Can you talk more about that? Sure. So I've been a full-time entrepreneur for, this is my 13th year. And in the beginning, it was really, really challenging. And I, I like a lot of people, and a lot of popular advice you hear is that you'll do things yourself. You'll be the graphic designer, the accountant, the attorney. You'll, you'll wear a bunch of different hats. And I think that that's, that's partially true. But I think the missing piece is that you can accelerate your results significantly faster the minute you, you kind of release control and stop trying to be manager of the universe. So I, I knew that on an intellectual level, but in terms of actually believing it, it didn't happen until probably the last, uh, I would say the last two years or so is when I really just made a concerted effort to to see and talk to other entrepreneurs and do things like podcast episodes, like what we're doing right now. Like I would never in the beginning have done anything like this. I would have been like, oh, this is such, this is not a good use of my time. I have to, I could be doing something in my business. But the thing about it is working with other people and learning and getting other people's insights and experiences is invaluable. And it took me literally over 10 years to finally to know that and to apply it. So that was when the, the shift happened in terms of being able to hit the numbers that I wanted to in the business and then just having the business be fun and exciting as opposed to a job that you own. Why do you think you made that shift? I, well, like I said, I knew it on an intellectual level. So I kind of equate it to, that's a good example, analogy, maybe dieting and exercise. Like, so people know how, how what to do in order to look the way that they want to get the results that they want with, with their physical health. But many of us just, for whatever, for a variety of reasons, we just don't do it or we don't do it consistently. So I think it was, it was knowing it. And then I, I didn't believe that it was, it worked. And so I started to believe that, w- that it would work because what I had done the prior 10 years, it got me some success, but it, it, I did, I wasn't where I wanted to be for that level of experience, if that makes sense. I was like, I got to be doing something wrong. So it was more so just admitting that, you know, you don't know everything. Um, you very well could be wrong because you keep getting the same results. So let's try something different. And how, how did you go about that? Would you just start going to more networking events or reaching out to people one-on-one? Um, I did start going to more networking events, I, but not just, you know, you can go to a networking event. Well, in the, when we were all free, I should say, <laughs> you could go to a networking event every day and, and not necessarily that not have it be a good use of your time. But I made an effort to attend events. And then I had a goal when I went to the event of meeting three to five people that were, you know, somewhere within the real estate industry. And then I said I was going to stay connected with those three or five people. And then the other piece to it was that um, my mentor, my current mentor and business coach actually found me. As I'm sure you can relate to, you you probably get lots of requests for mentorship 
uh, probably all the time, you know, via DM, email, and everybody wants a mentor because they feel like that's going to help them get to where they want to be. But the thing about it is a great mentor is actually, you know, not the most comfortable relationship because they kind of push you in ways that you really don't want to be pushed. And I think that many people who say that they want a mentor aren't ready. I just, I happen to be ready. And so the person that I'm working with now, he actually found me. It works the other way. And I, I think that that's a, a common occurrence. When you're, what's the saying? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. That's literally what happened. How did he find you? Uh, we went to high school together. So we've known each other for a while. Um, and then, you know, we reconnected again through the wonderful world of, of Facebook. And then he just started paying more attention to the work that I was doing and the different posts I was making. He subscribed to my email list. And, he, and we had a couple of very surface level conversations. And then he took the time to, he started giving me little pieces of advice and tips here and there. And then I applied them and he was like, oh, this person's ready for, for me to work with them in a, in a deeper capacity. So that's, I guess he was testing me for, for lack of a better word. And so that's what happened. So with that relationship and other ones, what are some character, if people are wondering about mentoring relationships, what are some characteristics that make it successful? You, as the mentee, you have to be ready to hear a lot of things that you don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be ready to admit that you've been doing a lot of things, maybe not wrong, but maybe not in the most effective and efficient way. Um, you have to be ready to, to, to put in a, a pretty significant amount of work in a very short period of time. And you got to be coachable. Um, it can't be where you want a mentor, but then you kind of take what they tell you and then you put your own spin on it and then you go do it that way. Uh, it has to be where you, you trust the other person implicitly that the advice and techniques and tips that they're giving you will actually help you in your business. I think I would say trust is probably the number one thing. What ways can you foster to trust in a relationship? That's a good question, especially for someone like myself, because another of my hurdle roadblocks over the years has been not trusting uh, very easily. Um, that's kind of been, I think it's partially personality and partially just my childhood experiences and my experiences as an adult. So as far as fostering trust, hmm, I tend to look for evidence of, of pretty much everything. So I would say look at their past body of work, uh, get reviews or feedback from their prior uh, clients that they've worked with. And then I, I think you also should expect good things. I really think for, for trust is, is partially something that starts with you and then you kind of can, you're able to be receptive to it on the other side. Um, so don't be, you know, just untrust, miss don't be distrusting people or don't distrust people um, just right off the bat. I think you have to be receptive to um, that people are telling you the right thing. And how about from the mentor's perspective? What, what can people do to become better mentors? Oh, that's such a good question. Gosh. Um, I, a lot of people call me their mentor, but I don't necessarily see myself as a mentor. And I know my mentor does not like to do I'll just tell you some of the things that he's told me because he has a lot more experience than I do. He says that he does not like to work um, with everyone. So don't just take everybody's money um, just because you can make sure that you can actually assist the person and then also be able to quantify the ways in which you can assist them as well, as opposed to saying, no, I can help you level up your business. Okay. Well, what does that look like? Um, How long does it take? 
What's the process? You know, what what end result are we shooting for here? Um, so I, those are some of the things that, that come to mind for me. How, when, when would you consider your first mentoring relationship to have started as far as what someone that you really truly saw as a mentor, not just someone giving you a little bit of advice? It started a long time ago. I got a, my very first mentor was probably 2006. Uh, I was just getting my real estate license. I was going to make a bunch of money flipping properties and I wasn't going to do a whole, a lot of work because that's the, the envision that I had for myself. I was like, Oh, I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm not going to have to do a lot of work and it's going to be great. And then he came along and again, it was kind of this similar relationship to where he kind of sought me out and said that, you know, I want to work with you or help you in this capacity. And that was, that was the very first one. So that was 2006 and now we're in 2020. Are you still in touch? No, we're not in touch anymore. He was um, very knowledgeable, very, very intelligent, very much so a, a very strong business person, but not really that great of a person individually. Um, hmm. And so he ran into some other issues with some different businesses and he kind of, kind of fell off the map a little bit. Yeah. Life happens. Yeah. And you had mentioned, and that's, I know this is a big issue with most, most entrepreneurs and startups, especially is releasing control. How do you do that? I mean, what did you do to start releasing control? I, you know how they say, make a long, make a list of everything that you don't want to do. And then those are the things, and then focus on, you know, your key performance indicators, the things that actually make your business money and only do those things. So again, intellectually, I think many of us know that. So what I did is when I made the list of all the things that I didn't want to do or didn't like to do or didn't have time to do, I actually then categorized those items. And then I went to Upwork and actually just primarily Upwork. And I found people to do those things right in that moment. I didn't put it off for 30 days. I didn't say I'm going to revisit this list after I think about it some more. I forced myself to go to Upwork and do it. Because the thing about Upwork, uh, which for those of you who are not familiar with that, it's a way to go and find freelancers. But there are some outstanding people available to work with on Upwork. And so I made myself a goal that I was going to find those outstanding people, get them to do these projects, and then foster long-term relationships with them of course, still through the platform, but I was going to stop having an excuse to be busy with different activities that didn't necessarily yield any um, results to the bottom line. What kind of activity, activities did you give up? Um, graphic design, because I'm atrocious at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, automation. So you know how we all these all, all of us entrepreneurs have all these different systems. You may have Kajabi or Entreport or active campaign and then your online course platform and your payment processor. So you're trying to tie all those different systems together. Um, so I could do it, and it, but it takes me a very, very long time to do so. So I found there's automation experts available on Upwork that will really? do all of those things for you. All you have to do, you have to have the sequence laid out, but in terms of making it all talk to each other, you can hand that off to somebody else. Like who knew? And I spent all these hours and days like trying to master these different integrations. There's somebody that can do that for you. And then there's uh, email, writing your email copy. I write pretty great copy, so I don't need to necessarily outsource that. It doesn't take me long. But that, that was another thing that was on my list, too. Uh, people answering the phones with just, for just general inquiries and questions of people who just, you know, hey, I'm interested. You know, where should I go? I found, I found a VA team for that. So those are the top, three, top things that came to mind. And as, as you start to give up 
give up things that you don't like to do and do more of what you like to do? What, what were those activities or what are those activities, the stuff that you're good at that you love to do? I'm good at writing. I am great at putting together uh, online courses in a very logical step-by-step manner that, that is devoid of, you know, a lot of the fluff that you can find online where you're paying for things. Um, I'm good at teaching and explaining things in a way that is very, is easily digestible. Um, I'm good at those things. I'm not as great on the phone. Like, it, and it's weird because I do a lot of videos. People are like, oh my gosh, I just love you. You're so awesome. You seem like such a people person. And I am, I guess, but some days I'm, I'm really not. So I'm not that great over the phone. Um, I don't actually like to even be on the phone a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's when I knew I had to find somebody to answer the phone for them because I'm, I didn't, I didn't it, it, it's not a good use of time for me. What's not? The phone calls? Being on the phone. Yeah. So what do you do for communication instead? Is it mostly email? It is email. So the VA team handles, um, you know, all the, the calls that are coming in. Um, but I do, I do email. I do well with email. I do well with, with videos and doing live streams. But um, that, like in terms of, you know, talking to a bunch of people at one time in real life, um, that kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety. Like I'll do it, but it's not something that I would, I dream about that I prefer to do. Well, now you have systems in place and things that were fine with everything you've done. What's, what's next for you? What's the next, you know, big challenge or big opportunity? Next big challenge for me. I want to use the, the, the automation that I've established to, to help more people. So my goal is a thousand more, um, a thousand more people that are investing in tax liens or a thousand more people who are um, setting up their own real estate companies to work with foreclosed properties. So that's one goal that I have. But then also, I want to challenge myself to, to, to run the business and not run into the same, um, what am I trying to say, personal issues that I've ran into over the years. I always say that your, your business reflects your, any issues that you're facing internally. So I'm curious to see now that I've gotten these, these, this initial set of things out of the way, like what else is there that's interfering and me being able to have the most successful business that I can. Right now, I don't, I don't think that there is, but I'm sure that there's still a couple things I need to work on. So weeding those things out and addressing them is my next challenge. When you say add a thousand people, is that adding a thousand people to a mailing list or what does that look like? No, 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 no. I want a thousand people who are, who are act, active tax lien investors. So who are buying properties essentially and not having a mortgage. Um, that's my end goal, especially now with the, the way the economy is going and the stock market has, you know, crashed and kind of recovered a little bit. Um, I think being debt-free is, I recently became debt-free in March. I don't know if I mentioned that to you. No, you didn't. This year. Yeah, I paid off over six figures worth of debt. And <sighs> it is incredibly freeing. And I wish that I had just known what it, what it would feel like over the years. So then I could have strived to maybe have been debt-free earlier or to have not acquired so much debt. Um, because I think we have normalized carrying a lot of debt in this country. And once you don't have it, it's like, oh my gosh, I could literally do and live wherever I wanted to. Um, it's pretty great. That's got to feel really nice. It does. It does. It feels like a new lease on life. Yeah. How about what, and with, within the mentoring space? I mean, what's coming up? Are you currently, you know, you mentioned there's, there's one that you talked to. Are you, is it more of mentoring or doing, being mentored or doing the mentoring? What does that look like for you in the, you know, this year? Mm. So... 
doing the mentoring kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety. Remember those personal issues I was talking to you about? So I'm guessing that there's some, some hangups there that I have to deal with. And so since I know that that's a, a direction that makes me uncomfortable, it likely will go in the direction of me being uh, officially a mentor. But I just haven't figured out, mapped out how that, how that will look. What do you mean how, how it would look? In terms of who I would mentor, what qualifications would I want the person to have, what would be the end result, and what capacity would I, would I do the mentoring? Oh, okay, that's a good checklist to have. Yeah, I mean, you can't just mentor anybody. I mean, people do it all the time, but I, I don't think it's a good use of your time as a mentor or the mentee's time either. So what, uh, with that, what checklist do you think mentees should have for mentors? They should, they should not have the expectation that the mentor is going to um, change their life overnight um, because that, that likely won't happen. They shouldn't think that the mentor is going to fix everything in their business and they're not going to have to do any work. Um, I think that as a mentee, you should have done all, legitimately done all that you know how to do on your own and uh, um, major giving it your best shot as opposed to, you know, a lot of, I find a lot of people, and, and I hate to generalize, but many people who reach out to me have literally done nothing in the field that they want to get into, ah. that they want to mentor. And that's hugely problematic. So making sure that you're not falling into that category. That's really important. I don't, I, th I don't think a lot of people think of it that way. They think of the mentor is going to be like this, my saving grace, or yeah. uh, the clouds will part, the light will hit me, and I will be a success. <laughs> yes. And that's, yeah. So not thinking of it that way, that's the goal. <laughs> How much time do you think it usually does take to get results as far as if the, an expectation, because it's going to be a, a re related to how much work you actually put into it, but is, you know, within three months, six months, is it 12 months, just a generalized, at least expect to invest this much time and effort before I would you say start to really see results? That's a great question. So I'll just take my current mentor relationship. Uh, I think three months to get a full understanding of the business, laying out the plan and um, documenting all the different processes and figuring out, you know, what it is that you, you're actually trying to accomplish. I think that's a, a three month time frame with specific uh, benchmarks during those three months. After that three months, I think it's a matter of refining, um, of course, using automation, um, setting up tangible benchmarks. And then I would say a meeting every, like we have a meeting every week to kind of discuss what daily steps are needed to hit this goal for this week, for this month. So it's kind of working backwards. Um, so at, at minimum three months, but I think to get results, um, six to 12 months. And if someone says, okay, I'll make a checklist. I'm going to start going to more networking events and getting out there. How do you, what's the best way to approach a potential mentor? Because sometimes I know people say that they just ask someone outright, but then on the other side of the coin, it's like, if you had just met me, ask me to be a mentor it can be kind of be like asking someone to marry you on a first date if you just met. So how do you, how can you successfully approach mentors, potential mentors? That's such a good question. Um, it's weird because I haven't had to do this. So I would say you should lead with asking what is it that person needs in their business right now and seeing if you could potentially, um, either provide that need or if you know someone who could could fill that need. I think leading with what you could do is always a good first step as opposed to just saying, hey, um, let's be in a mentor relationship, even though we just met. Um, I think leading with service is always a good approach.
And what if people are on the fence about mentoring in general, what, what would you, what would your advice be to the, you know what, this is why you need it? Um, well, it depends on the reasons why they're on the fence. If they're on the fence because they think it's, you know, it costs too much or it's overrated or it doesn't work, um, then they're probably not just sold on the idea of mentoring just yet, which is, which is fine. It's not for everyone. But if you're on the fence and you just, you're not clear on what it can offer you, the right mentor relationship will lead to clarity, um, confidence, and significantly more money than what you could do on your own. Um, yeah, you get a lot more, you get a lot more specifics on your business, what you can do in the direction that you're going versus just trying to figure it out by yourself. That's if you're in the right mentoring relationship. And if you, if you check the list off of your checklist, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. I think that's a great place to close out. Thank you so much for your time, Danielle. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here, Mark. So excited. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.